Getting engaged is a moment worth cherishing. A one-of-a-kind ring that you design at Blue Nile can help your love sparkle. Just choose your diamond and setting. When you've found the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Finding the right engagement ring can be nerve-wracking. At Blue Nile, you'll have the expert guidance needed and a diamond guarantee that ensures you're getting the highest quality at the best price. Cherish all of life's moments and save up to 30% at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Good evening, Pittsburgh Steelers fans. Welcome to another episode of Steelers Friday Night Six Pack. I'm your host, as always, Tony Defio, and I thank you for joining me on this lovely Friday night in Pittsburgh. And as I always say, I hope it's lovely wherever you're watching or listening right now, if you're listening or watching live. And if you're listening on an audio platform after the fact, I hope it's lovely wherever you are right now. I know winners. Fast approaching, it uh, was uh, 70 degrees the other day, now it's in the 30s, so that's Pittsburgh for you. And before I get started, I just wanted to, as always, encourage you to please like and subscribe to our YouTube channel, where we bring you live shows like this one each and every day. Uh, we have The Hangover, we have Touchdown Under, Know Your Enemy, Steelers Preview, Steelers Post Game Show, uh, The Scobro Show, and many more. So uh, please uh, subscribe and, 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 and uh, you're all, if you, also you can check out our live shows on Facebook, which you're, you're probably doing right now if you're on Facebook and you're, and you're on the Behind the Still Curtain Facebook page. So hello. And as always, you can check out all of our live shows after the fact on any audio platform. And of course, you can check out, uh, I'm, I'm sorry, you, we also have a, a whole host of audio-only shows that you could check out on any audio platform, including uh, Jeffrey Benedict's From the Cutting Room Floor, Maddie Peverall's War Room, Let's Ride with Jeff Hartman, The Live Mic with Michael Beck, The Stat Geek with Dave Schofield, so much stuff. Chris Pugh, everybody, We, we there's fantasy football. We have so much content for you. It's amazing how much our uh, podcasting platform has grown so please check all of that out and of course check out behind so curtain the website we bring you news commentary film breakdown it's your one-stop shop for all your Steelers needs and i think it's the best Steelers site on the internet including steelers.com i'm just going to say it i don't care what anybody says except maybe the Steelers. they might they might sue me but whatever that'd be pretty cool let's see who we have in the live chat by the way and of course uh jared devil was number one we have Steeler Chick 46, Owen David, who comes to us from Britsburg, Great Britain, London, England, I believe. Micah, Michael O'Malley, Sean Manahan, Steelers Pittsburgh. I think Kathy Ford. Yes, sir. Yes, ma'am. We have a nice big family tonight. I'm glad you're all with me to talk about our Pittsburgh Steelers. And of course, we have to begin with last Sunday's 16 to 16 tie and the wet and the slop and the cold in Heinz Field. And uh, I mean, obviously, things changed the day before when it was announced that Ben Roethlisberger would miss the game due to testing positive for, for COVID. 
so that threw a wrench into everything. And I think everybody pretty much found out around eight, eight o'clock last Saturday night that Mason Rudolph would get the start. And if we found out what 15 hours before the game, I'm sure he didn't find out that much, uh, uh, not long before that. So that was, a, that was a shock. And, and, you know, I think the game went pretty much as I expected it to go. You know, I figured Rudolph would, he would look like a backup. Um, which isn't to say he looked horrible. He looked like a backup. He looked like, like a, actually a solid backup who, you know, made some mistakes, made, you know, threw an interception early on after, after he led the team on a, on a, a nice scoring drive to open the game, uh, culminating in a, in a touchdown pass to, to his uh, college buddy, James Washington. He kind of, he threw, he kind of regressed after they threw a, he threw a pick. Uh, he missed some wide, some wide open receivers, but he kept him in the game and, and he also made some plays too. You know, he made some, some nice throws and he made a couple of nice runs. He had a 26 yarder, which he looked, wow. I mean, he looked a lot faster than I think anybody ever has given him credit for. And I think one or two plays later, he knocked a Lions defensive back out of the game. But on that very same drive is when he missed the uh, wide open Ray Ray McLeod for a touchdown. It would have been a touchdown, but they had to settle for three on that drive. Um, you know, most people blame Rudolph for that, but if you, as I understand it, Merrill Hodge, who really knows his uh, football and does a lot of film work, he said that it was really McLeod's fault. He should have he should have stopped short of the goal line or something like that. Um, either way, it wasn't a good look. But in overtime, he did make he did make the necessary throws. I thought to help them win, including that pretty sideline pass to Deontay Johnson that went for 39 yards. And, of course, he fumbled. They would have had first and 10 at the 42 to Lions 42, and who knows what happens after that. And then on the third and final possession of overtime, he, they took over, what, with like a minute and a half to go, something like that. He made a lot, lot of uh, nice passes down. He marched right down the field. Uh, they, they were set up at the 39, but the final pass, the little two yard out to Pat Fryermuth, the rookie tight end, he fumbled. And I really don't know what they were trying to accomplish on that, on that pass. Um, uh, I don't know if, if Fryermuth was the primary read or what, but, uh, if you want to blame Rudolph for that one, fine. Uh, I blame Rudolph, Tomlin, <laughs> Canada, everybody involved with that play of course Friday moved two for fumbling because I don't think it should have been called I think right then and there they should have uh went with uh Chris Boswell who is locked in I, I as I wrote about the other day I think he's the best field goal kicker on the planet right now and he made one from 51 yards earlier in, in the uh in the game in the third quarter uh or maybe it was the fourth quarter at any rate it was it was cold and wet and sloppy and Heinz Field is, is difficult to kick in to begin with. Yet he made a 51-yarder. He made two 50-plus yarders the week before, the only kicker in Heinz Field history to do so. So the guy's locked in. I would have just wait like 20-some seconds left. I think it was what? Uh, was it first down at that point? Maybe it was second down. E either way, uh, I think they should have kicked the field goal. If you don't make it, you don't make it. But I think he was your best option for winning the game at that point. 
And the fact that it never got to him, I think that's that's an indictment of Tomlin, Canada, of course, the players, everybody involved. It should have – Chris Boswell should have been given a chance to kick a field goal. Um, but, you know, turnovers happen, and, and, and if the Steelers had created a couple of turnovers, then we'd be crediting the skill involved in that instead of the mistake um, that we, we want to talk about whenever – the, the Steelers turned the ball over, but okay, fine. Uh, turnovers happen, but I don't think Fryermuth should even be put in position to turn the ball over there on that final play. I think they should have kicked it right then and there. So those are my thoughts on that game. Um, I think it really a tie there. It, it kind of hampers the Steelers a little bit moving forward. Uh, they still have eight games to play. Everything's still in front of them, including seven conference games and four division games, divisional games. So it's not the end of the world, but everybody knows how much tougher their schedule is going to be down the stretch. Obviously, they have a couple games with the Ravens. They have a, a big game with the Chargers this Sunday night, uh, the Titans, the Chiefs, you know. Uh, so it's, <laughs> the Browns are not going to be a pushover, even though they're playing like it right now. The Bengals, they already beat them here. The Bengals beat Pittsburgh here at Heinz Field. So they play them next week, I believe. So now I think this tie, it wasn't a loss. And people, you know, as many people that that were quick to remind us that it, it wasn't a win or were also quick to remind us that it wasn't a loss, including my mom and sister. <laughs> They're like, hey, they didn't lose. So I guess it's a glass half full way of looking at it. But still, you know, you would like that you're, when you're facing a a winless team at home, uh, even with the backup quarterback, you like to think you could, you could find a way to win that game. And they didn't, they didn't lose it, but they didn't win it. So we saw how that hurt them three years ago when they had a tie in week one and it kind of haunted them all year. And they ultimately lost the AFC North by a half a game. And that's even after uh, sweeping the, the Ravens in the regular season. I think, they, no, no, they, they split with them still though. I think they, 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 I don't, I don't know what the tiebreaker would have been had they both had the same record, but still um, it, 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 it hurt them at the end. Of course, they also had a two-and-a-half game lead with six games to go. So uh, tie or not, I think, you know, it, it wasn't <laughs> – there's pl- plenty of things you, you can you could blame for that cl- – for, for them not making the playoffs in 2018. But um, – as far as Rudolph's play, uh, you know, uh, circling back to him, I know he took a lot of, as quarterbacks usually do, he took a lot of flack for his play. Um, but I think people are viewing Rudolph much the same way they viewed Landry Jones, and that's somebody who uh, isn't, you know, they, they view him as somebody they think should have pro- progressed much further than he has at this point because of, uh, uh, I guess, where he was drafted and, and, and you know, a lot of the, the things that were said about him by the Steelers, that he that they had a first-round grade on him, which might have been the worst thing they could have said about Rudolph because people have never let them forget about that. But as far as, like, a backup quarterback, I mean, you know, there are worse quarterback situations. There are worse backups in the league than Mason Rudolph. I think he's a pretty solid backup. Um 
you know, he's, he's never set the world on fire. He's never given you that, that, that holy cow. Wow. This guy has, has potential moment, unfortunately for him, but he has been pretty solid. I think I read it the other day, 16 touchdowns to 11 interceptions. I don't know what his, I think his completion percentage is around 60%. So his, his win loss record isn't bad, but you know, people you know, they're just so used to what, what Ben Roethlisberger can do, especially vintage Ben, uh, going back to the mid 2010s that, you know, anything by anything by comparison just does not compare. So, you know, uh, Rudolph and probably any quarterback that comes after him uh, is going to, is going to have a tough time pleasing the media and the fans because it's just, you know, when, when you when you have a once-in-a-lifetime player and Ben Roethlisberger, and that's what he is, essentially a once-in-a-lifetime player, uh, those guys are hard to replace. I mean, look at a lot of teams around the league, and I've said this many times, the Dolphins have been looking for over 20 years for the next Marino. Uh, the Broncos have been looking for a quarter of a century for the next Elway, and they had to go out and get Peyton Manning at, at his uh, at ripe old age of 37, I think. Uh, to finally get a quarterback to win him another Super Bowl, so you know those guys are are tough to replace. And and you know even when when it does happen, you know Aaron Rodgers is a great example of that. Uh, you know they, they, to draft a guy like that when you still have Brett Favre on your team, and for him to step right in and and win you a Super Bowl within a few years, a couple of years. I mean that's rare, but if you Look at the Packers since that Super Bowl 45 victory over the Steelers. They really haven't. Uh, I mean, they, they've been in contention. They've made it to several NFC Championship games, but they've never been back. So even with Aaron Rodgers, the Packers were never really able to to, to uh, match the, the success they had under Brett Favre. I mean, they, yeah, they both won one Super Bowl, but the Packers made it to a couple, and I think they were um, they seemed to be much stronger contenders under Favre than they've been under Rodgers. The situation was a little bit different, I guess, because, you know, the salaries weren't as crazy as they are today. And and quarterbacks, even though they, they took up a large chunk of the salary cap, even in Favre's day, they don't take they didn't take up as much as they do now. So you know, the situations were a little bit different. So you see how hard it is even for, for Aaron Rodgers to, to repeat the same success as the legendary quarterback that he followed. So um, I've, I, I kind of resigned myself to the, to the fact that I, I don't think Mason Rudolph's going to be a future starter, but I'm okay with it. I think he, 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 he'll be a solid backup, maybe a fringe starter for the right team. Who knows? Maybe the Steelers next year, if they decide to go that, that route. Although I think it was interesting uh, to read some reports, uh, that J- Jay Glazier from Fox sports, I think he, he, that's who he's still with. He's real tight with Tomlin, and he reported that he believes that the Steelers are going to go for a veteran quarterback next year if this is Ben Roethlisberger's last year. And I think that's pretty telling because, you know, and I'll get I'll get more into this stuff with reporters in, in a bit. But uh, Jay Glazer again, who's tight with Tomlin, and he has Tomlin's trust, and few reporters do. I think he wouldn't put that out there unless Tomlin wanted him to put that out there. So I think that's that's pretty telling for what direction they intend to go into in next year 
when if Ben does retire. So, you know, maybe those rumors of Aaron Rodgers, that flirtation with him, maybe that's still alive. Although, again, to repeat something I said a couple of times in previous shows, uh, getting Aaron Rodgers, he might want to come here and they might want to get him, but getting him for the price that they're going to have to pay, that's pretty pretty steep for a quarterback who isn't much younger than than uh, Ben. So, But there are other seem like there's veterans available every year, either through free agency or through a trade. So uh, who knows what, 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 where that's going to go. But as of right now, it looks like if you want to believe Jay Glazer, uh, it looks like they, 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 they might be leaning towards bringing, bringing in a veteran next year. So those are my thoughts on that. And I'm going to talk a little bit about the Chargers. Sunday night. And wow, as I said a few minutes ago, that tie with the Lions really, I think, really made things more difficult for Pittsburgh because look what they have got going on right now. Ben Roethlisberger is still, still up in the air as far as whether or not he's going to play because he, he hasn't had two, you need two negative tests for COVID and he hasn't even had one yet, I don't believe. And, or maybe he has one, I don't know, I don't think he has one yet, but he has to be. He has to have two by the time, uh, I guess by Saturday or Sunday before he's clear to play. Um, and the Steelers are are leaving for LA at, on Saturday at three o'clock, which is, I think, kind of unusual. It's kind of late, but you know they they've had such a poor record on the West Coast. Maybe maybe they don't have to get acclimated to to the uh, time change. So you might not be you might not have Ben Roethlisberger. Um. You definitely won't have T.J. Watt. I think that's the biggest news of all. He's out with his hip uh, and knee injury. Joe Hayden's not going to play. Kevin Dotson's not going to play. Minka Fitzpatrick isn't going to play because he tested co- uh, positive for COVID. So, yikes. You know, so you're going to have to go to, to L.A. And, and try to win a game against a, a struggling team, a young struggling team, but they have one heck of a quarterback. And... um you know, you need you need a guy like T.J. Watt to make life miserable for him. Without him in there, you know, Taco Charlton, what's the other guy's name? Tuska, Tuska. I always forget how to say that guy's name. That guy I never even heard of until T.J. Watt got hurt the first time. And of course, Alex Highsmith on the other side. You have Cam Hayward, who's having maybe the year best year of his career. But I mean, gosh, the, the more defenders that you take away from the more quality uh, defenders you take away from the harder his job's going to be. So he can, he can only do so much. You have cam uh, Alex Highsmith is promising of course, but he's no TJ Watt, at least not yet. Uh, you don't have Hayden. So, you know, Mika Fitzpatrick who's, who's he hasn't been making much, many splash plays lately, but you know, he's certainly capable of turning a game around with one uh, interception or, or, or whatever. So, it's going to be tough. It's going to be tough. I, I don't see how they're going to be able to generate a, much, much of a pass rush, to be honest with you. I, I, you know, unless they, it's certainly not going to be organic uh, with a four, four or five uh, man blitz they, or a uh, uh, pass rush. They might have to implement um, a lot more blitzing than they have been. And of course you put yourself at risk when you do that. So it's going to be tough. It's going to be tough. This might be one of those games and I'm going to get into him a little bit later where a player like Devin Bush, who the Steelers 
invested so much in, in 2019. They trade they trade up to the 10th pick. They tr- trade away so much draft capital in order to get him so he could be sort of like the centerpiece of their defense, the new Ryan Shazier. And he really hasn't lived up to that billing. So maybe he's somebody who can, who can finally show us all why they invested so much in him and what better time than Saturday night or Sunday night against L.A., uh, a game that you probably – it's not must-win, but it would be really nice if you could find a way to steal this this win. And I think that's what it would be at this point. Uh, they, would, they would they'd be stealing a game if they, if they somehow went to L.A. with all their issues and, and won. So, yikes. Um, but I am – I am looking forward to a couple of things. One, I want to see how Mason Rudolph, if he does indeed get to start at quarterback, I want to see how he does with a week's preparation, knowing that he's more than likely going to be the starter. Um, it's not th- it's not thrust upon him the day before like it was last week. And the conditions are going to be much better. Uh, the Chargers, their defense isn't the greatest, especially their run defense. So I'm I, I'm interested interested to see how how Rudolph responds to to this opportunity and i'm interested to see how the steelers attack la are they you know the chargers have the worst rushing defense in the nfl they're giving up 155 yards a game so what better way to to really hammer you've been you've been using Najee harris as a workhorse as it is why not give him another 5 10 12 carries right you know you gave him 26 last week which I thought was uh, questionable. I think they should have gave him a little bit more than that uh, against the struggling Lions running defense. So, uh, pound Najee Harris. Uh, as far as uh, what else I'm looking forward to, I want to see how Trey Norwood plays in this game because I think he should get the start at free safety. People keep talking about uh, Carl Joseph. I think he's just a sexy name at this point. Really, he's not really done a whole heck of a lot. He's just a a former number one pick, I think, right? So people are uh, intrigued by him, but he's more of a, a strong safety anyway. So I I, I I can't wait to see how Trey Norwood responds to this opportunity because by all accounts, he's just a really, really heady, smart football player who's capable of doing so many things in the secondary. So I just want to, obviously he's not making Fitzpatrick, but nobody needs him to be that. They just need him to be, they need him to hold down the, the back end of the defense and protect the, the, the last uh, line of defense for, for, for the uh, secondary. So I'm interested to see how, how he performs. And I'm interested to see if, if Alex Highsmith, speaking to him, if he can, if he can step up and really um, have a, a great, he had a great game a few weeks ago. I think it was with the Broncos or the Seahawks, whatever game that was where he had a, I think it was the Seahawks. I thought it was the best game of his career. Well, now they, they need that kind of performance from him again. Easier said than done without TJ Watt uh, on the other side, but you know they're gonna they they need him to step up. They need somebody to generate a pass rush. So I, I want to see how how Alex Highsmith responds to this challenge. And on that note, at the twenty two, I will say the twenty three minute mark. I will take this time to say goodbye to part one of this episode of Steelers Friday Night Six Pack. If you're watching me live on YouTube or Facebook. Don't go anywhere. I'll, I'll be right back in two and two. If you're listening on, a, on an audio platform, well, I certainly thank you for, for listening to part one and downloading that. 
But please come back and download part two of this episode of Steelers Friday Night Six Pack. <laughs>